Welcome back, everybody, for another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. I am your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Wayne Breezy Brown. Sorry we've been away for a little bit, had some scheduling issues, then obviously game time, you don't want to record on a game, and then you, you have your heart broken in the first three, so it makes it hard to record the day after. But here we are. Uh, we were going to be here better or worse, but we are here for the better. Uh, Celtics pulled out a tough Gutsy 116 to 99 win uh, in game four over the Miami Heat to keep their season alive. The season now uh, is three to one on this series, and every single game from here on out is going to be do or die. But before we get too much into that, how are we hanging, Wayne? What's going on? I mean, we're here and we get to live to fight another day. And that's the best way I'm going to look at it. The only way to really look at it. Uh, a lot of stuff we can talk about uh, to recap the game, the good, the bad, uh, the ugly. Uh, I know we won, so let's celebrate the win. And then let's talk about how we could continue to win. Like, I mean, it, it's there and it always has been. It's just weird to, uh, you know, for the results to be what they are. Yeah. And I think I think overall going into this series, we knew it was going to be tough and it, it, it felt like with both game one and two that they were just so close. And then game three was such, such a letdown. And 26. it felt like, I mean, just, just awful, right? Like it was just, that's one of those losses that could break a team. And I think a lot of people expected that you had guys like Kevin O'Connor coming out with unsubstantiated reports of these guys just hate each other. I've got a source telling me that these guys just, they just despise each other. And it's like, Really, anyone's just everyone was just clamoring, just smacking their gums, waiting for the chance to tear this team apart. And I'm so happy that they came out and answered in game four. And a lot of it actually came down to playing with energy, playing with pace, attacking defensively. And I do want to say this as well. Grant Williams gets like damn near 30 minutes and is huge in this game. Massive. We've only been asking for Grant. We didn't want Grant Williams to just play. We've been asking Joe to let Grant Williams play. Big difference. Capital Big P difference. on that. Big difference. Capital P with a couple of extra A's in there and <laughs> let him play. Why? Because he spaces the floor. So at the end of the day, he's going to have wide open shots. And shout out to Grant Williams for taking the majority of them when he was wide open. Top of the key three, splash. Corners, splash. There was one where he pump faked and I wanted to smack him back into reality and he took it in for a layup and miss. But, hey, you know you're going to get that with Grant. That's who Grant is. Because before Grant even played in that game, I was like, Grant, please don't do that. Just shoot. If you miss, cool, we'll get three back. We were offensive rebounding like crazy in that game. So Grant was the unsung hero to me last night. Uh, but let's talk about Al Horford, who finally started to come through. And mm -hmm. I think he's been a key piece missing. You're not getting his offensive production. I didn't understand why. I mean, you're not getting much from the Celtic players anyway, Tim. Like, we just couldn't hit shots. Even in that game, we were struggling in the first half. So it had to be night and day shooting in the first half to shooting in the second half. And so, um, you know, I don't know why the shots just don't want to fall. We're getting wide open looks and we're missing. And I don't think anything irks me more than, well, turnovers irk me more than missing wide open shots. But I can get over the turnovers if we hit wide open shots. I think that's a given, right? And I think the big thing for them was getting out and running in transition. That came off of their defense. 
10 turnovers to Miami's 15. Celtics had eight steals and eight blocks active on the defensive end. They like weren't slacking off. Um, they had some spots where they were letting up some open threes. I don't have the um, shot dashboard up where I tell you how many were open or wide open. And if I want to, I mean, if you want me to, I can pull those up too for reference. But I, I, overall, like they looked really, really active. And I think that's really what helped, like what was helping with them. Like, you talk about open shots, right? And you talk about these open threes that they were getting. So many of them came off of forcing a turnover or getting out and running. And they were finding guys they were finding threes. Jason Tatum, most notably towards the beginning of the game, was really trying to get Al Horford going. He found Al Horford a lot. And I think that sort of helps, you know, spread the floor but set the tone because those guys between Brown, Horford, and Tatum – those seem to be the three guys that you need to get going for sure in order to really get this, you know, humming and running. <laughs> I was like, is it coming? The ding ding. Um, and so Al, especially, you know, three or six from three, four or seven from the field, seven rebounds, four assists and a block, uh, a plus 23 in this win, just 12 points, 25 minutes. And they were finding ways to keep them included. And I think, Overall, I think that comes down to that connectivity, right? There was some serious um, issues when they were talking about, you know, staying on the same page and communicating. But it, it felt like it, that wasn't an issue, um, at least not consistently throughout this game. And I think the third quarter run especially really put like an exclamation point on that. I I just I just want to go through the start, which I thought was hot. And then the moment we we got our first turnover, it kind of alluded to Miami getting a spark. And then kind of Miami ran with it for a little bit. But I do want to extend my shout-outs to the Celtics for not, like, buckling and not, like, just folding because they continued to fight. If you think about it, they ended the first quarter down six. They ended the second quarter uh, down six, if I'm not mistaken. I know they were down six a couple of times. 56-50, I think, was the halftime score. Halftime. So, so, so yeah. they kept it close. And you can't sit there and attest to how poorly Miami was doing because I don't give a f what anybody says. They were able to score at will. And to me, that is one of the things we have to figure out because how is Gabe... And how are they getting to the bucket untouched? Now, I know Horford had two early fouls. He had to come out of the game early. I know that's some of your rim protection. But the energy just seemed a lot better when uh, when Rob Williams is out there where they're kind of protecting the rim. But still, like, they, those guards are just beating our guys off the blocks, bro. And that's, that's an issue because whenever Boston gets a little bit of favor going their way, right, like, they get a little momentum going, they – Miami just negates it with a basket at the freaking rim. It's not even a three. Shoot, hell, let him hit the, force him to shoot the three. Not a wide open one, but force him to shoot. I'd rather them make Jimmy Butler shoot more than watch him dribble, 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 stop, fade away, hit the shot. Because he gets to his spot every single time. Yeah, and I think Jimmy's going to get those shots, right? That's You're going to give him those mid-range shots, and you try and defend him as much as you can. There's a couple that you, you're still in his face, right? They had the defender there. Derek White's gone against him a lot. Malcolm Brogdon's gone against him a lot. Uh, the issue with having Rob out there sometimes is they'll you know, do a pick and roll and they'll force mm -hmm. a switch where you get Jimmy going with the head of steam going towards the rim. You don't want Rob to foul. and you know, Jimmy does a really good job of keeping the defender like on his hip. 
and then finishing through. So it's you're in an impossible situation as the defender where like you can try and block, but he's probably going to get the foul because he's got Correct. you on his hip. So Correct. he he and that comes with that savviness that Jimmy's got. Jimmy's a very, very good player at drawing contact and getting to the line. And it looked like Miami had zero issue with that. Jimmy was 10 to 12 from the line, 23 to 28 for the game um 24 to 18 uh personal foul ratio so the Celtics were called for six more fouls and you know it is what it is i'd spell exposure joked about it in the after the game it was like they probably won the feet throw battle it's like you dude you know that you won the free throw battle with they're like gonna win a free 10. throw battle every night you and well and that's where it comes <laughs> down to the three pointers right and i think Overall, the Celtics did a really good job of defending the three-point line, and I think that's something that we've been, you know, shouting from the rooftops for a long, long time now. I mean, Max Struess, one of five. Gabe Vincent, one of four. Kyle Lowry, one of five. Caleb Martin, two of five. Duncan Robinson, 0 of four. So they really pushed them off of that three-point line big time. Overall, 8 of 32 on the night, 25% from three. If you can replicate that and then on the same fo- like on the same side of that coin, or the other side of that coin, rather hit your threes, it's a completely different ball game. Celtics go 40%, 45 attempts, 18 makes. And it's number. And it still felt like there was there was like an opportunity to make more there. There was a couple that just didn't fall. Mm-hmm. But if you can this is a building block game in my opinion. I think there's a build there's a chance right here to really make a statement. You come back, you take game five, you go back into Miami, like game six is going to be the toughest game of this series. You know how this gotta take care of home court that's really what it is and that's it's evaded them it's evaded them and you said something that really struck my attention right and so like watching this game i didn't even feel like being down oh three i didn't feel like we came out scrapping like i i, I didn't think we were gonna claw our way no we kind of like stayed our course waited for certain things to happen. The defensive intensity ramped up uh, in that fourth quarter. You saw numerous turnovers. They were trying to force the ball, and the Celtics played lanes. And that is that is the basketball that I miss from the Boston Celtics because now you're creating buckets in transition. You're getting out there. A couple of passes I thought Jalen Brown could have passed. It was like two on one, but I know he's not. So I know he's not going to, but I just thought there were a couple that he could have just, you know, first one he made, the second one he got fouled, and and I think he went one for two at the free throw line. But anyway, all I'm saying is create those buckets in transition. Not only are you giving yourself momentum, you're getting points, and then you find ways to chip. Here's the only issue and i know it has to happen but does it really have to happen it's not a rhetorical question you cannot you cannot sit jason tatum in the fourth quarter i i i you you can't tim you cannot sit him in the fourth quarter we were the offense dies right it straight up and this is not a shot at jalen brown or the rest of the offense this is how the miami heat defense kind of like zero ends on everybody else because when Tatum's out there he's automatically drawing that double team and when they switch to a zone it that two three god dang it I hate it that two three zone them guards were playing extra high and it was forcing the Celtics to shoot weird ass shots like move the ball a couple more times you still got time on the shot clock get the better percentage shot and that is how they got back in the game because we were up by 10, 9 to 10, and then we started missing because of that zone. Tatum was out. He they slowed it in. down. They slowed it down, down and they were settling, right? Like Way they were settling down. for threes. Dude, keep the foot on the gas. Attack. Attack. That's it. Like that has. Okay. Musa. <laughs> 
There has to be the mindset of the Boston Celtics. You can start the game at a certain pace. I'm okay with that, Tim. Mm -hmm. But at halftime, you have to make that adjustment. And you got to figure out, and I'm going to give the round of applause to Missoula for making a couple of adjustments. Okay? A couple of noticeable ones, in my opinion. The timeout when Jalen Brown was about to be double teamed, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, he about to turn this shit over. Like, mm -hmm. No, he wasn't. No, he was not. Because of Missoula, and we got a three out of that afterwards. After the timeout, that was smart. That let me know that Missoula is starting to see the game a little bit differently uh, and he hears us talking. He hears the us the adjustments, adjustment. That A word is like a bad word to him, and he hears it. And then he made the quick adjustment on putting Jason Tatum back in the game. So, I, like, they went on like a – they scored five. They cut the lead to five, and Tatum was right back in. And the moment Tatum came in, he got to the midi and – Popped that 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 two point, and usually you use the big man that can shoot to do that. But Tatum got to the middle, hit that mid range, broke that zone down. I don't think you saw the zone again. Like after that, Celtics were off to running, and so you can't sit Tatum in the fourth quarter, bro. You just can't. I know you have to, but you can't. I think it's got to be like marginal, right? Like you have to figure out exactly when you're gonna. You gotta take like small breaks, but it can't be. I think it, you probably take him out at the like end of the third if you're in a good spot, and then at the beginning of the fourth you 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 keep him out. You you don't put him immediately out there, and probably like maybe like a minute into the quarter, that's it. Put him in. That might be what they have to do. I don't know. I don't know exactly how the. I'd have to pull up the game charts, and I might as well pull that up now. You might as you well know? get it up. Bro. I might I, as well get it up. I, for, I, I'll pull I, I a popcorn machine for that. Yeah, because here's the thing, right? Like, I don't understand how the offense goes stagnant, but it makes sense. Tatum creates his own shots, and so not only does he create his own shots, he also has that vision to make a play, and so. Everybody else is stagnant. So everybody else is kind of like standing around. And nobody wants Jalen Brown to do that because he's a, he's not a terrible shot creator, but he's trying to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And unfortunately, they know that. And then there's three people in there, and it's either going to be a charge, a turnover, or a nothing. And so, like, that's Jalen Brown. Then he's got to pick his moments. That's he's really got to pick his moments. And he was Malcolm, two, two of five from the line, by the way. He needs to he hit those free throws. I, I'm not going to say this as an excuse, but something ain't right with the elbow. Yep. Yeah, they were talking about that on the broadcast, too. And um, so for your information, for your information, um, Jason Tatum did not start the fourth quarter. He came in at the 940 mark. And the That's lineup that time. they had, it is, I mean, to be fair, he played the entire third quarter by the looks of it. He um, had to, though. We were down. That's yeah. our point. Well, yeah, we had he a played good the third quarter, a whole though. second and a whole third. So at the first quarter, he comes out um, around to the two twenty eight mark, and then for the fourth quarter, um, he ended up playing until the minute six mark when they had a healthy lead and they just emptied the bench. But yeah, he didn't come in until the nine forty mark. But that lineup that they had to start that quarter was Grant, um, Horford, Derek, Brogdon, and Brown. I'm going to say this now, and I, I, I'm sure you probably agree with this, but I think that this is a very different series if uh, Malcolm Brogdon can get his collective crap together. I don't know what it is. Is he forcing his shots? There's been times where I've seen him go up, and it just it looks like he's forcing it. He wants to hit those threes or wants to get to the bucket and drive, and it's. I think they got to find ways for him to, you know, find him on cuts, find him on screens, something, anything, you know? 
you're making so many great points. And it doesn't just evolve around Malcolm Brogdon, but since we're talking about Malcolm Brogdon, this has to be his segment because he's he he is the he is the sixth man of the year for a reason. Okay. And he's getting out sixth man. And I don't understand it. They're beating him off the cuff, off the block. They're getting around them. They're getting easy buckets. He's missing easy buckets. How many layups did Malcolm Brogdon miss? And so then when he goes and he comes out there and he shoots an extra long three. I mean, if it goes in, kudos, but super early in the shot clock. It's I know so exactly which one you're talking about. Early in the shot clock. Yeah. Malcolm. Come on, Malcolm. It's so early. How about move the ball a couple of times and then you catch? I don't know. I get flashes of I don't like people don't like him, but he's one of my favorite people that I've met in my life. I get Ray Allen vibes. Can we set some screens? And he just shoot the damn ball off the screen. Why are we the only team that gets screen and they shoot? Why can't we do that? Like, and I'm not just talking Jason Tatum because, again, Tatum will create his own shot. If that screens suck, okay, cool. My dribble, dribble, step back, splash. But why can't we set some screens for him to get better looks? He is a shooter. He can shoot. But for some reason, he's forcing the three opposed to getting the better look. Whenever Gabe Vincent or whatever his damn name is takes a shot, it's, no, off, of right, a, Gabe. it's off of a screen. Did you guys not notice that we're getting screen off the top? He's shooting over on top of that screen. And I know they didn't shoot well, but the ones that went in, that's how it looked. They tried it with Duncan Robinson. He was terrible. Thank God. Right? Finally came back to earth. Right. That's what I'm saying. He came back to earth. And so, like you said, we play better three-point defense, but then we gave up the interior defense and gave up a bunch of twos, which is good. I'd rather give up the twos than the threes. Can you imagine if they weren't just... It's like we score... Oh, snap. We hit a three. They hit a two. How about they don't hit shit and we get the ball back? (laughs) You know what? I I actually prefer to play basketball that way as well, where I hit threes and then the opponent just can't hit a goddamn thing. That's much more fun basketball. But but it's not like they were hitting, though, Tim. They were going... They were just going right around. Ah, you're giving me this layup. I'm going to reverse it in. I was just like, what is going on? Do we not know how to protect the rim again? Are we scared to foul? They were getting hella foul calls. They but. got a lot of dumb whistles. There was a couple that really pissed me off. There was one where, like, Caleb Martin clearly didn't have his feet set when Tatum And they called the charge. They, they called, called the-, the charge at Tatum. And then the next play, literally the, the next play. Grant Williams got punched in the mouth? Well, no. It, yes, that one should have been a flagrant one on Kyle Lowry. But no, it was the one where I think it was it was also uh, Caleb Martin. So it was Martin got that stupid um, charge call. And then he I want to say it was him. If it wasn't him, it was Gabe Vincent, who literally just drove directly into Grant and just fell down. And then they called Grant for the foul. I'm pretty sure if, if it wasn't Grant, it was Tatum. But it was one of those plays where it's like, are we seriously doing this? We're gonna I, we're gonna I, call that, but then we just I thought inconsistent. Scott, the funny thing is, we win when Scott Foster is out there. But damn, does the he make it interesting? <laughs> does he make it interesting? I mean, Tatum had to go for thirty three. I thought it should have been thirty four, but thirty three. And I'm just saying, like, he just made it extra interesting, and it didn't have to be that. Here, here's what I would like because, like, like I said, they did the thing. They adjusted, and Tatum played that fourth quarter. And for the first time in this series, he scored. And so, like, at this point, I'm like, look, 
we got to figure out how to make sure Tatum get the ball. Let Jalen Brown, who to me was the best playmaker out there on the court last night, but let him go out there and play basketball for three quarters and then find a way to take the ball out of his hand and give it to Tatum. Tatum is going to draw the doubles. And the reason why I wanted to make mention of this, there were numerous amounts of times that I watched our players stand there. Yep. Jalen Brown, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White. Like, nobody's cutting. Uh, how about you just cut to the basket? It's just, it's, it's basketball 101. And yeah. <laughs> we overcomplicate things. Why? I don't know. That's the un that's the unsolved mystery of the Boston Celtics. They overcomplicate it. That's why on many of our episodes out there, we say we beat ourselves. It's stupid stuff like that. And you can have easy two points, uh, at least better looks at the basket, and we kind of mess up because players want to stay stagnant. And if Jalen Brown, I I know I, I'm not this is not I'm not I'm not getting on him, but like he does he not have the IQ to cut to the rim? Like what is going on here? So for Jalen's especially, I think it's just a matter of staying like involved and invested. I think there were a couple times where overall like the defense is tough for Miami. Miami is a very tough team. And when it comes to that zone defense, they really have some real estate in the Celtics heads. And it seems like the Celtics sort of had a breakthrough with this game in particular. And it was because of the way that they were starting to move. You could, you could literally see it was like polar opposites. Like you said, where there were possessions where the Celtics just weren't moving at all. There was no ball movement. They were coming up. They were maybe one, two passes around the perimeter and settling for a contested three versus the ones where, you know, Al Horford gets in the low block and posts up Zeller and like gets an easy bucket, you know, pump fakes, gets another extra defender to jump over and he just gets a little putback or ones where they start to work the game inside out, you know, pass, pass. You got draw two as you cut, find a guy on the perimeter. They compensate, pass another one over, swing the ball over, find a guy open for a three. Like they're starting to do things like that. And that's really where they're going to benefit the most because as good as Miami is, it's still really, really important to remember. This was an eight seed. They they might have been a first seed last year. They were an eight seed this year, and they You're were like a first seed though. Yeah, well, again, it's it's the coaching factor. This is where the players have to go out and they have to execute to a T. And I don't know if that's. I don't think this is entirely on Joe. No. And from the way that the players talked and the way that Joe talked, you know, Joe took full ownership. But then you saw the players answer in this, and Joe gave them a moment where, hey, Jalen Brown had almost a turnover in that fourth quarter. He knew when to call that timeout. So Joe's getting better at reading the situations, but ultimately it comes down to the players to go out there and execute, execute. If they start going ahead and freelancing on offense, that's what ends up hurting them, right? Is like they start to call their own shot. You saw that with Brogdon. You saw that with Jalen Brown. Sometimes you see that with Tatum, too. So it's moving the ball around and finding your open guys. It's making a difference. And honestly, things become easier on offense when you bring it on defense. And you saw that in this game. And that's really how you're going to beat this Miami team. It has to be on the defensive end because you cannot leave them open for three point shots. You've got guys like Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, just completely decimating you on defense because you're leaving them wide open for shots. But you saw something different in this game. And I, you win game five, this is a completely different series. All of a sudden, you're down 3-1 right now. You make it 3-2. Celtics have come back from 3-2. Confidence is crazy. 
And they need to do that because all of a sudden, you know, you win in your own building and they need to, teams got to bring it. Fans got to bring it for game five on Thursday. Everything. You have to bring that energy and that heat. Everything. Bring it all. All or nothing. And I yeah, want to see it's, the same it's, effort, It's man. winner go home. Exactly. And, and, and come out more scrappy. Come, mm-hmm. come out uh, crawling and, and scrawling and scratching and, and doing with the things you got to do, you know. And, and that's why I gave my unsung hero to Grant Williams because he was taking the body blows. But then he was delivering them, too. That block on Jimmy Butler, and he didn't say shit. He didn't even moment. say anything I think he looked. Up, I think he looked over at him, and that was about it. That's, that's and, all he needed to I do. And I love that. Let your game do the talking, man, because you're good enough to do stuff like that. You don't need to trash talk and get under the skin of Jimmy Butler. You don't need to do that. You're good enough. And, it, again, it gets frustrating. This is one of the things that I will pick on Joe about is Grant Williams should have been a major part of this rotation for a good chunk of this playoff run, but especially in this series, because there's, there's going to be moments where you can't have Rob out there or you can't have Al out there and need to fold. You need to fold Grant into there and you could see why, because there's going to be moments where if you're running Rob at the five, you don't want to run Horford at the four because they're going to get destroyed in a mismatch. If it's Jimmy, he's got the speed, you know, you need to be able to turn to a guy who's got some muscle on him, who can take a body down low, who can spread the floor still. It's why you got Grant. It's why that guy's probably going to get paid this summer still. I wouldn't and I'm hoping even it's mind, here. I wouldn't even mind if they mix in a little Blakey Blake. Like, God forbid. Maybe. If, hear, hear me out. God forbid Grant gets into some type of crazy early foul trouble and you want to keep the—I'm glad you did that— and you keep the Hail Marys coming, and and you want to keep that same type of mindset for your rotation, you got to insert Blake. Why? Because Blake, believe it or not, he can stretch the floor. Believe it or not, he's going to out-hustle. He might not have the athleticism to jump, he can, but he has the mindset to hustle. He'll That's take the, a charge, too. The grit, That's man. That the yeah. grit. The grit. And so if... And, and, and that could be like an emergency type of thing situation if there's some type of foul because Grant has to play 30-plus minutes for him. You see what you get. You get spacing on the court. I don't care what people say. Grant has a, a decent high-ass IQ enough for me to play basketball. He's one of the highest IQ players on the team. I didn't know he that. Is. See, I was making No, in, in my opinion, no, in terms of basketball IQ, I mean, I think he's a, like a normally just like a smart guy. Yeah. But I think academically he did well, but – I'm talking about basketball IQ. It's there. Like, this team does not have a lot of that, but Grant is one of those guys. Brogdon is also one of those guys, and Derek White is also one of those guys. Correct. Al Horford, I clump in that as well. Like Those are guys who are seasoned and experienced. For Grant especially, is just there's not often, up until this season really, there were not often times where I would say that Grant made a bad play or did a bad read. He's had some lapses where he's tried to go hero ball. Jalen Brown said as much, not specifically hero ball, but making the right read, making the right play, playing within your role. And I think that's what we saw from Grant in this game. He said that, and he said that uh, Marcus Smart was the one that was in his ear the whole time. You know, listen, you're a great player, but you ain't got to do all this. I'm I'm paraphrasing. You don't got to do this. You just got to play the right role, make the right read. I was wondering why the 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 Hall of Fame pass was up and and Brown was throwing it across court and between the legs behind the back off the rooftop and and getting the ball to it made sense and it's because somebody finally came down and said something to him i think the issue with our team was lack of communication number 1 give yourself the ding i can't do it from here 
lack of communication. <laughs> like people not people not willing to speak up. Well, I'm sorry for the Celtic fans, us out there, that it took going down 0-3 for that to happen. I wish the ass whipping would have happened the first game. We wouldn't be having yep. this conversation. Yeah, probably. But yeah, no. They want to play hard in the first game because they at home. They want to play hard in the second game. And then you get brain farts from, from coaching and players just doing one little slight thing off. And, and we lose those games, seven points, six points. We lose those games, right? And then you get your tail whipped in Miami. And I, I wish that would have happened earlier. I, I do, but it didn't. Yeah, and this is kind of where... Going into the playoffs, I was hoping that one of these series would kind of awaken that fire, right? I thought that happened a little bit in the Hawks series. It, it definitely happened in the Philly series. You know, you're down 3-2, having to go into an opposing building and win a game six in order to keep your season alive. I thought that those moments would kind of help. And even looking back to game seven against Philly, where they won by a lot, it was a lot of Jason Tatum having a historic performance, the most points in game seven in NBA history. So that was amazing, incredible performance. But I still think that game four was the most well-rounded team performance we've seen in the playoffs. I mean, they held him to a hundred points. It's only, I think that's happened in now five, six, five games, I think for the playoffs for the Celtics. So like you win games when you hold opponents to under a hundred and it's not been something that's frequently happened this year. You don't need to get into a shootout against a team that's got guys like Gabe Vincent and Caleb Martin and Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson coming in and, and banging threes. So Continue to play this brand of basketball, and, and this is going to be going the whole run. This is going to go seven games. You just need to play this brand of basketball because guess what? This is actually the brand of basketball that the Celtics should play. This is what won them the East last year by playing physical, by playing hard defense, by getting out and playing in transition with pace. You've got the talent. You've got the ability. And I think Joe's starting to realize it, and the players are starting to realize it too. Get him back to that. I think Charles Barkley mentioned something last night on the national broadcast uh, during halftime uh, and Shaquille O'Neal, like they co-signed each other probably for the first time in, oh, I don't know how many years. And they, Charles Barkley talked about the mental aspect and having the mental ability uh, because certain games you can't win off a of talent. And there's not a team in this and, and the rest of these uh, playoffs, not even the Denver Nuggets, that are more talented than the Boston Celtics. I'm sorry. The talent from the Celtics is is deep. Now, there's some really talented players on them Denver Nuggets, and it starts with a big man, and they got some other key pieces. But when you go to the depth of that team, I think the, I think the Celtics still win in the talent competition. Well, guess what? Talent ain't going to win you these, these these games that come out there with the mental toughness. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler is one of those last of the old school type mentality type of players. And he came out of that era. Hell, he played in Chicago. He was under Thibodeau and he just got the mentality. And that right there is why his team, A, because they communicate, B, they trust him. And that's why his team is playing the way that they are. So it's not that they're the better team. They are playing better, but they're not the better team overall based off of talent. It's still the Celtics. Well, I tell you what, the Celtics, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you lack that mental toughness, 
that grit, the grind, the gritty. That's why we keep losing these games. Because think about it, man. If Jason Tatum said F everything and just took the ball in the fourth quarter, we win both of them first two games. Like, we win them. Hands down. Why? Because that's his mentality. That's the Mamba. Like, that. that's why everybody liked Kobe Bryant, right? He was either going to win you the game or possibly lose you the game, but he put the team on his back. And I, and I know... I'm not saying a whole game has to be like that, but there's a certain point in that game where your best player got to be the best player. You saw Tatum actually ask a couple of times. There was a certain play. I don't think it, it might have been the block by Grant on Jimmy Butler because that happened late in the game. But there was a possession where Grant got the ball and immediately Tatum is clapping like, give me the ball, give me the ball mm-hmm. to push it up to get it past half court mm-hmm. in order to avoid them, you know, running into a potential eight second violation. That And getting their defense set too. Exactly. Like he's trying to be like, let's get the ball up the floor. Stop so there was slowing a, the game down, bro. Yeah. And he, well, he got more vocal too. I think Tatum was actually more vocal, getting into guys, communicating, gesturing, pointing. Like that's what you need him to do. That's what you need the leaders on this team to do. And I think I'm hoping, really, really hoping that they woke up some part of themselves because this team manages to play well when their backs are against the wall. I thought they would do it in game three, but now it's like the margin of error is zero. You got nothing. You got this much to work with. So every single possession, every single time you slack off on defense, like you, you're, you're tempting fate. And I think now at this point in time, Celtics have a chance to swing the momentum here. You, you win game five. This is a completely different series. Miami starts to have more than an inkling of doubt, you know, seeping into the back of their minds. Like, are we seriously going to close this out or what? You're already starting to see it with some of their fans after losing that game. The, what did, J, what did uh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart say? <clears throat> we want to go back to Miami? No, they said, don't let us win this game. Like, well, don't. going in, but Jalen said after the game, he says, we want to go back to Miami. Oh, look, and I love it, yo. Like, finally, they like the, the players are giving us life. Pride. They need pride. They pride. need fire. What happened to the Celtic want. pride? Yeah, like, where, where, bump that unfinished business. It ain't unfinished until you get to the championship. Then you wear that shirt. You can't. Amen to that. You, you can't get pre the championship and talk about unfinished business. You got to get back there earn it i don't know man that celtic pride maybe that needs to come out bro celtic strong boston strong whatever they need to do they need to be some type of different synergy energy in the td garden on tomorrow night bro because i i can tell you right now like the celtic the celtics i we i said seven games I'm you did say that. seven games i said my heart said five and but my brain six. was saying six uh, and seven, six eight. is out of the question now you said seven, seven and games. i'm sure this is not the way that we imagined it would be not in at terms all. of sevens not um, at all. so but it, as long as you get to seven games it doesn't matter how you get there so exactly seven games and guess Just where it will be if it's every seven single games. game every, every single game one at a time one at a time all right well with that we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, thank you for joining this episode of Vitamin C's proud part of the CLNS Media Network. And for better or worse, we will see you next time. Cheers. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook. book.